Andy Media. Look, I think the first thing is that uh, that the majority of the money that was earmarked for Perth Freight Link um, will now be directed towards MetroNet is is definitely a good thing. Um, we certainly need better public transport and a qualitative shift in the provision of public transport in Perth. Um, and so from that point of view, I think the, that reallocation of money is is, is fantastic and it's... Um, it's, it is a sweet victory to see the, um, the, the federal government basically, basically back down on that after insisting uh, after, all along that Perth Freight Link had to be built. Um, in terms of the other allocation of the remaining funds to other road projects, I mean, Road to Rail hasn't, doesn't have a formal position on all of them, um, but we would certainly say that um, any proposal to qualitatively expand road capacity anywhere needs to be subject to a proper cost-benefit ratio analysis so that you can determine whether that money would have been better spent on rail freight or public transport initiatives as well. Um, so this, you know, I think it's important that people not um, view um, increasing the capacity of a road as being an upgrade. Uh, then, you know, an upgrade and increasing the capacity of your road is not the same thing. So there's, there's you know, improvements to the safety and surface um, of a road, which um, you can you might fairly call, um, you know, an upgrade. But expanding the capacity, you know, in, ge- in general terms, we don't need to expand road capacity in Perth. We need, you know, we need to put, we need to expand uh, public transport and rail freight capacity. So on some of the other um, proposals, such as widening the Quinana Freeway, um, between Russell Road and Row Highway, um, or creating dual carriage, you know, further dual carriageways on places in in Wanneroo or on the Reed Highway, um, we'd be pretty cautious about those, and we we would say to the state government, well, before you do that, you should you should see whether that that, that money is also better spent on on public transport initiatives. Definitely. Now, I guess uh, many people know now that the more you uh, increase capacity on roads, just the more those roads uh, end up congested. Yet, uh, you know, the Premier has said, uh, and I quote, he said that it's a congestion-busting masterpiece uh, for our state. There isn't really anything in here about uh, freight on rail. And, you know, obviously the, uh, the freight link was all about, uh, you know, shifting or supposedly about shifting trucks off Leach Highway and putting them onto, uh, onto Row 8. Uh, why is it that there's no mention or that you know as the ALP has not even really talked about increasing the capacity of freight on rail and you know what could more could be done to do that in the state yeah look I'll just pick up on a few of your points just first your comment at the outset there look I agree absolutely um, the phenomenon of induced demand has demonstrated well and truly that you you can't bust congestion by expanding road capacity um, in the long term you just make the problem worse so the idea that increasing road capacity will solve congestion problems is unscientific nonsense, um, and it's time that we, uh, we, we we called it as such. Uh, on, it's funny with Perth Freight Link. I mean, Perth Freight Link in, in some ways was misnamed um, because it's, um, you know, 92% of vehicles on it were projected just to be private motor cars anyway. So in truth, uh, Perth Freight Link was just another freeway, um, and even though there, there are genuine issues to address in terms of freight in and out of the port, my I suspect that it was called Perth Freight Link just to try and sort of, to put it bluntly, baffle people with bullshit and make them think, oh, gee, this is all very important about, you know, the functioning of the port and we need Perth Freight Link and that kind of thing. And it was interesting uh, towards the, um, you know, in the last few months of the state election campaign uh, when it became... Um, you know, apparent that this Perth Freight Link just wasn't going to get to the port anyway. 
the promoters of Perth Freightlink actually started changing their tune, and they even dropped the name Perth Freightlink for it, um, um, and, and started spruiking the supposed benefits it would bring to bring to everyday motorists. So, in that sense, I think um, you know addressing the genuine congestion concerns that people have in the Greater Fremantle area. Um, the single biggest contributor to solving that problem is going to be public transport. Having said that, um, you know, um, there is still the issue of, of freight going in, in and out of the port, um, which is not as, you know, is not as bad as some people might think it is, given that um, volumes through the, through, through the port have actually plateaued or declined slightly in the last couple of years. Having said that, though, um, the the... Labor Party uh, committed um, during the election campaign to restore the rail freight subsidy, um, which the Liberals had been phasing out. Um, so that their estimation is that that by itself would increase the percentage of freight on rail from you know between 13 and 14 percent, where it's hovered in the last few years, and push that up to 20 percent. I think to go beyond 20 percent, you would then also you would need to invest in new in new infrastructure uh, to facilitate a greater percentage of freight on rail. And the sorts of things that might do that include a new dedicated rail crossing of the river so freight trains um, can get a window at at peak hour um, when when, when, when passenger trains are occupying the bridge across the river. Um, And then also, um, and just as importantly, is new intermodal hubs. Um, so without sort of wanting to bore, bore people too much with the sort of the transport jargon, at the moment, if you put a container on a train, the only place you can take it to Kewdale. So for argument's sake, if you're a, um, an importer or exporter based in Osborne Park or, or Rockingham, you don't really want to pay the double the handling cost to, to put the container on a train, take it out to Kewdale, and then just have to send your truck um, out to Kewdale to have it picked up by a forklift and then put it on the back of the truck. Why not just do it at North Quay? So to really push beyond that 20% mark, we need more than one intermodal hub. We need more than one place where you can send a shuttle train with containers to, to then transfer them to trucks to do the, the final part of their journey. And there were uh, fairly advanced plans for an intermodal hub in Quinana or Latitude 32, uh, which the, state, the previous state government shelved. So in terms of things that I'd be calling on the new state government to do, to really, uh, really push the cause of freight on rail, um, which we need for the benefit of our community environment. Um, yeah, that, that's the example of two, uh, of two projects, a new intermodal hub at, uh, at Quinana and a dedicated rail crossing of, uh, um, of the river. Just looking more broadly, Sam, at the, I guess the social and cultural implications of uh, road or rail infrastructure, Perth itself, uh, as I understand it, has more roads per capita than nearly anywhere else in the world. Uh, it was really designed on this kind of LA-style model where we've got these sprawling suburbs uh, you know, connected by, uh, by freeways and, and, and many, many roads. What do you think some of the implications are, I guess, socially and culturally for people being living in, in Perth and having you know, this, this sort of vast network of roads and not having that uh, infrastructure, that public transport infrastructure or, or more uh, rail and, and, and I guess with that more open space. Yeah, well you make an interesting uh, useful point I reckon that it's not just it's not just an environmental question um, this sort of endless sprawling Perth I mean it is an environmental question both in terms of you know um, vehicle emissions uh, and also sort of endless you know the endless clearing um, on the fringe of the Swan Coastal Plain um, which, you know, Perth is now just a massive city um, in, in terms of surface area. But it is a social question as well because it means that, um, 
you know, people who are struggling to pay their rent or buy their first house are pushed out onto that urban fringe, um, pushed out to the areas with, 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 with the worst public transport um, and who will be most vulnerable, um, you know, if they lose their job, can't afford to run a car, that sort of stuff, um, will be the most socially disconnected, you know, because in those, those outer car-dependent suburbs, you need to have a car to have a life. Um, the public transport just isn't good enough um, for you to really be able to connect with society. Um, in outer suburbia, people are stuck with what I call welfare public transport. You know, it's public, the only people that are anticipated to use that public transport are people who, who don't drive or can't drive. Children, people with disability, you know, people who lost their licence for, um, you know, um, being caught by the breathalyser, that sort of stuff, you know, services that, you know, stop at five o'clock on a, on a Sunday afternoon, that kind of thing. And um, that has really serious kind of social implications as well. And it means, like, in Australian cities, there's been a bit of a, a, a different process as compared to what they've seen in the United States. So in the United States, um, a lot of cities saw what that was termed white flight, where the sort of, you know, more sort of white-collar, uh, wealthier white residents left the inner city and went and lived in, lived in kind of new suburban estates on the outskirts of the city, um, and the old and the old city centre, um, you know, has 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 crumbled um, and been underserviced. Uh, whereas in Australia, we've seen the opposite. We see the kind of the gentrification of the inner city um, and poorer folk being pushed to the outskirts of the city. Uh, and one of the you know unintended consequences of that is that uh, it means that people in older, established, wealthier suburbs actually have better public transport than people in um, in, in lower socioeconomic uh, suburbs. So that's, that's a problem that we've got. It, uh, you know, in the course of this state election um, just gone, um, when, when, when pushing Metronet, you know, the Labor Party um, put the emphasis on those bits of Metronet um, that we're going that, that, that to service um, areas, you know, seats that they were trying to win, which is fair enough. So they put the emphasis on things like Ellenbrook and um, and the extension to um, to Byford and and so on. But I think it's very important that we say to the new Labor government, look, you need to build transformative public transport in the southwest as well. And by the southwest, I mean Greater Fremantle, Melville, Coburn. Um, uh, because you know the, the, there was nothing projected for for that area for the southwest uh, by the Labor Party in the in the first term of government, and my fear is if that doesn't you know if we don't start making moves on, in in that regard, um, then in ten years' time, as uh, population and congestion continues to grow in the greater southwest, that Perth rate will come back um, with perhaps with a slightly different name or a slightly different route. Um, so I think it's really important that um, that we that those bits of Metronet and other transformative public transport projects um, also uh, that we start to make a move on those things um, in in our part of the world.